What is up, Arizona? Welcome to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, high school basketball. Here we cover everything small ball, and as coaches in the Valley, we understand that these guys don't get enough love or recognition. We're here to advocate for them and show them some love. We talk about scores, coaches, teams, and players all at Arizona Small Ball. Today, we're going to look at the 3A and 2A state champs, Paige and Scottsdale Christian. We're going to recap their run through the tournament and highlight some of their players. Reyes Herrera is here with me, and with March Madness in full swing, man, we had to put that intro into the show. Coach, doesn't that song just give you chills every time? Coach, I love that. I mean, it's the best time of the year. That's where the most exciting games happen, you know. Everybody's competing for a championship, and that's what we got to see today for Arizona Small Ball. I know. It's a, hey, how's your, how's your bracket doing for the March Madness? Well, obviously, the obviously no one's bracket's perfect anymore because of all the upsets. But How close to perfect is yours? Mine is 92 or 90. I think it's 97.2% actually. Oh, you're such an idiot, man. What are you talking about? You're just upset because I got the Oregon Ducks heading to the – I don't have them winning it, but I have them heading to the Sweet 16, which they did. And you're just upset because the Texas Longhorns lost. Don't, don't bring it up again, man. Uh, you, you know, Oregon, who did they just beat? They just beat Iowa, number two seed actually. Oh, that's true. Dang. Luca Garza, Couldn't you know, handle. if if Oregon had better colors, I could I could support them, but their colors are just the ugliest thing I've ever seen. They are not the ugliest. They're Highlighter green and like so... dark green—that's just the worst. Highlighter yellow—I just hate them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's one of the most like sleekest looks. They're the team. They've come out with the best uniforms I think in college basketball. So. Ooh, yeah, that's a stretch. Uh, you know, for for everybody listening. I have this this bad luck that whenever I watch my Texas Longhorns, we lose. And, you know, if you've been following college basketball at all, which we do, you know, Texas has been doing really well. And it was on Saturday night, our first tournament game. And there was also the state championship games, which we're going to recap. And I made the dumb call to watch Texas Longhorns for sure. We get upset by Abilene Christian in the first round. That's crap. That's a, that's a tough loss for you, Coach. It, it is. Gosh, I hate it. But, but folks, we're going to kick off the show today by looking at Paige's championship run. Uh, but first, check this out. We're talking about 3A. We got to look at Paige. Paige's road to the championship was one that was pretty interesting. I'm just going to read off the games that they had to make it to the championship game. Their first game in the first round, Page versus Camp Birdie, 54 to 57. That was a close one. Page versus Coolidge in the Elite Eight, 51 to 43. Page versus Gilbert Christian in the final four, 54 to 35. And Page versus Snowflake in the championship game, 64 to 51. Uh, Coach, what do you think? What was their toughest game of this run that they had? Yeah, Coach, so before we actually dive into the page and the toughest game for them, I just want to give a quick shout-out because I know that we've only been covering so far the 2A and the 3A boys, mm. but, you know, there was other games going on, you know, so I'd like to give a quick shout-out to those who won state. So for the 1A boys, congratulations to North Valley Christian. They, uh, great they had, team. They had great a great team. team. They're a tough team, and even though they're in the 1A, don't be surprised because they have beaten some bigger schools. Uh, they played Mojave's Accelerated and beat them. Uh, shout out to girl, the 1A girls, Fort Thomas. They in the winning state championship. And then an interesting one was the 2A girls for the Pima girls who won on a buzzer beater three against the Sedona Red Rocks. 
That one was an interesting controversial. one. Controversial, but I've watched it over and over, Coach. And let me tell you, I think she got it off. So we'll just move on so. with that. Congratulations to Pima girls. And last but not least, the 3A girls. This team right here, out of the four years, three times they've won state. And I'd like to give a quick shout-out. So huge shout-out for the Page Sand Devil girls for winning their state title this year. Three out of the last four. That is not an easy job and a great program. So congratulations to all the coaches that coach that team and to the rest of the one to the 3A boys and girls, you know, congratulations. Let's it's always on. cool when the guys and the girls win it in the same year. So that's awesome. That is, that is really cool. And I thought the same And that actually that you brought that up, you know, before we actually dive into the toughest matchup for page boys, uh, for pages, girls, they played snowflake in the state championship as well as the page boys played snowflake boys. So that was mm. kind of interesting. That's but anyways, cool. moving on to pages, toughest matchup. It would have to be the Camp Verde Cowboys. Very tough guards. They have a guard over there averaging a little bit over 21, 22 points a game. Chino Salazaria, tough. They were giving Paige's guards a little bit of trouble. You know, Robert Smith only finished with three points. And then the rest, like Orlando Yazzie, he only contributed to eight of them. But the big game changer for Paige was Jonah Holiday. Mm, he had some huge, huge with shots. 22 points against Camp Verde. But overall, that was probably Camp. Page's toughest matchup, not because Camp Verde's size, because Camp Verde's tallest player is like six three and a half, compared to Page's big six ten. Hmm. It's just the way they played. They played hard, fought, and at the end of the day, though, Page was able to advance and move on to the next round. Yeah, I mean that that was a tough game, and, and even if you're just looking at scores wise, it's easy to say that, but just watching these games, like we have been, I mean, Camp Verde was leading. They had a 12-point lead there towards the end of the third quarter. It was just a tough game, but but Paige is just tough. Um, you know, one of the, the – we haven't gotten a chance to talk about some of these Final Four games. What I really wanted to highlight was Paige versus Gilbert Christian. Uh, this was a really, really good matchup. And on the show, we just had Coach K on here talking about his game plan. Gilbert Christian's game plan was to involve – uh, they're big, Paige is big, Stuart Sandal, number 34, in as many ball screens as possible. Paige doubles most all ball screens, especially ball screens involving Sandal. Gilbert Christian really tried to get an on-ball screen and then a quick pass out of the double to the strong side wing and tried to hit Wilson diving to the rim. It's some really good action. It's just really hard to simulate the length that Paige has. I mean, the kid's huge, man. And it, it got a little bit crowded on the wing going to the corner. I thought Albert Wilson picking up two early fouls was a huge impact to the game. He picked up two and he had to go out. And I thought the, the calls were kind of lame, too. No way should they have been really called fouls. I think there were a lot of no calls, but that's just me. Gilbert really struggled to front the post with weak side help, particularly when Wilson went out early. Albert Wilson is a great player. Huge shout out to him. Even when he did get in the game, coach, he had some nice moves, up and unders, nice footwork. I mean, he's just going to continue to get better and better. I can't wait to see him improve for next year. I thought that Pages, I thought this was the key to the game. Pages' pick and roll defense yes. was stellar. Yes. I mean, it was so good. We watched some earlier games this year with Sandal where he was involved in really high ball screens and he kind of struggled against those. Page effectively guarded the pick and roll. I mean, th that's just a huge key. That's a huge part of Gilbert Christian's offense. They double this pick and roll really hard, and they rotate really well out of it. This kept them from getting into an offensive rhythm. I, I mean, I, you know, another thing, number 15, Dante Dugai. 
for Paige. This kid was tough early. Super I mean, this tough. Kid was, super tough. He was really good. Uh, there was a lot of things going Paige's way. I don't know if you saw this or not, but Stuart Sandal even banked in. A I did see that. He went one for one that did game. You see that? Yes, that bank. You know it's a good night when that what, happens. Wait, so. what's his percentage from three? Is that his only three that he's taking? Uh, he's actually taking uh, a couple more, not a lot. So his percentage is not uh, great, but I wish it was just that one because how great would it have been for a senior to ride up 100% and just telling people I was 100% from three, even though he only made one three. I love that. Coaches, uh, for, for us, a few years ago, we had a player who it was their senior year, and he had not taken one three all season. He was our big kid, even though he wasn't very big. And you know how it is. It's their senior night. You want to get them a good shot. He's never taken a three before. We drew up this play where he comes up off of an elevator screen. He gets a wide open three at the top of the key, drains it. Kid ends his career at 100% three-point shooter. That was awesome. So I was thinking about that. But, yeah, everything's kind of going Paige's way during this. Uh, they advanced from Gilbert Christian, and really I thought the key to their game was their pick-and-roll defense. They did a great job with that and really disrupted Gilbert Christian's offense. Um, what, what was their championship game like against Snowflake? Yeah, so after they were able to take care of business with Gilbert Christian, Paige actually matched up with Snowflake after Snowflake had defeated Fountain Hills. Uh, that game was really interesting. Like I said, though, the, but the same. Now, real quick, Snowflake and Paige had seen each other earlier in and the yes, year. Yes, that is correct. And if I'm not mistaken, Snowflake beat them. Is that correct, Coach? Snowflake won, which was interesting. Yes. So with that, so it was just kind of a little rematch, you know, which was great to see. You know, you love to see those kind of type of games. So with that, it was kind of the same story early on with, like, the similarities with Gilbert and Snowflake. Because Snowflake's big Stuart West got into some early foul trouble as well. He picked up. He's a great player. Yeah, but he picked up two fouls within, like, the first four minutes of regulation, Coach. And so, like, what do you do at that point? Wow. You've got to, I mean, you want to leave him in, but, like, you don't want him to pick up that third, especially in the first quarter. So, you had to sit him. So, uh, Paige was able to capitalize a majority of, like, the turnover Snowflake made. And it was a great game so far for the first half. The first half was 30-19. to 19. And just as you mm. think, they open up. Snowflake actually outscores Paige in the third quarter. I don't remember by how much exactly, but just from rewatching the film, Snowflake actually did a lot better in the third quarter. But so, like, just when you think Snowflake is actually going to make a comeback, Paige would just have an answer and put them right back at ten or eleven points ahead. So wow. it was a, it was a, like I said, it was a really good game. A uh, quick highlight for some players against that state. Uh, you know, Robert Smith he had eleven points. He played tough on the perimeter, hit a couple big shots. Uh, Orlando Yazzie, though, he's a sophomore coach. He's a sophomore. He's a nice, nice player. Nice little player, aggressive on defense. You know, you got to love that chip on his shoulder. He's not the biggest guard, but he gets after it. He finished with, like, 16 points, and eight of those came during the second quarter, coach. He actually was able to knock down some big threes, hit some tough jump shots, layups. You know, he was actually able to do a little bit of everything that game. And then, you know, senior Jonah Holiday, he actually went three for three and uh, again on the behind the arc. You know, in critical junctures throughout the game. So that was great. He finished 11 points. And then Stuart Sandal nice. was two points shy from his season average, which is 20. He finished with 18 points and a lot, couple of big blocks. Played great defense on the perimeter. And that's one thing teams thought he would struggle with was just being able to bring him out and let him play defense against the smaller guards. But he actually did an exceptional job. He knew what was, at, he knew what was on the line. And, you know, he came for his team. He, he had the team back. He, he's versatile, man. I mean, he can defend on the perimeter. He can move pretty it well. It showed his mobility, Coach. It really did. And then with that, yeah, and good. with that, Paige also, they went to the free throw line 
15 times, and they knocked down 10 of them in the fourth. Nice. So, yeah, so that pretty much sealed the deal. So congratulations to Page Boys beating Snowflake 64 to 51 and earning the state championship first in their boys program, I believe. Yeah, that that's huge. And and thinking about Paige, we've got to highlight some of their key players from the year. Uh, when I think about Paige, we see we've seen them play earlier in the year. And if I'm being totally honest, I thought that they could have played much yes, harder. They, they could have played with with a lot more of a chip on their shoulder. And I felt once the playoffs started, a lot of their players really took it to another level. So I wanted to highlight some of their players. Number 25, Jonah Holiday. He was only averaging 10 points and six rebounds. But this kid, like you mentioned before against Camp Birdie, he's a dagger, man. I mean, I think in that first game, he shot great. And then I think the rest of the games down the stretch, he maybe didn't shoot as good of a percentage. But this kid is solid. He can take it inside. Whenever Stuart Sandal goes out, Jonah Holiday replaces him, and he kind of plays that big spot for Page. He's a great player. He can shoot it pretty good. Number 15, Dante Dugai. He might be my favorite player on their team besides their big kid. He's only averaging nine points a game. Here's the thing I love about Dante Dugai. On the season, he's 29% from three. In the playoffs, he was 36% from three. That's huge, Coach. He, he, he really turned it up. He really stepped up. Along with him, number one, Robert Smith, their point guard, who kind of does a little bit of everything for them. He averages seven points a game, five rebounds, uh, six assists, and two steals. He does a little bit of everything for him, and he's their point guard. He kind of runs the show for him. He shot 25% from three on the season, and in the playoffs, he was right around there with 36% as well. So him and Dante Dugai really stepped it up. I like their guards, especially here in the playoffs. I felt like they started playing with a lot more passion and a lot more urgency, so I really liked to see that for them. Uh, number 34, Stuart Sandal, is obviously their 6'10 big kid. I remember the first time watching him, I thought that this kid was your staple you know, big kid that's not very yeah, effective. I agree. Stuart Sandal, in my mind, is the MVP of the 3A easy. He's averaging 20 points a game, 10 rebounds a game. I almost said 10 blocks a game. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. What uh, a monster. 10 rebounds a game and four blocks. Uh, he just – he changes the game in every area, defensively, offensively. This kid is tough. He's a really great player. I agree, Coach. I agree. So, so big congratulations to Paige on winning the championship. And if you missed the 2A championship run by Scottsdale, you missed a really, really good one. Let's take a look at Scottsdale's run to the championship here. So here was Scottsdale's run to the championship. Scottsdale Christian versus River Valley in the first round. 62-34 win. Scottsdale Christian versus Chandler Prep uh, in the Elite Eight. 63-35. That was a big win for Scottsdale. Scottsdale versus Santan in the final four, 47 to 41. That was such a good game. And then yes. Scottsdale versus Rancho in the championship, a 48-47 win. I feel like their toughest game of that run was against Rancho. Santan is a close second. I mean, that was a great game. Teams that, you know, with Scottsdale and Rancho, they're teams that know each other really well. It came down to the wire. We'll talk about this one. Uh, Ray, as you covered their final four game against Santan, tell me about it, man. 
Yeah, so with Santan and uh, Scottsdale Christian, like I said, 41 to 47, but let alone, we'll talk about that towards the end of the game, but that this game coach was very exciting. And it really, Dude, it was so like, fun. I was, it was so, so pumped. Fun. I was too pumped about this game. The hype was, I was too so real. pumped. Like I said, I had Santan as my dark horse in the two-way. You know, shout out to Derek Freeman. I like I, said, I thought I had, I had Santan winning this game, not by a lot, but I had them winning because, like I said, Scottsdale Christian is a very patient, very well coached team. Sure. Like I said, they're all they're they're bought in together, which is great. Same as Santan. So with this game, it was actually a low scoring game, as you see, forty one to forty seven. It was a great defensive game, but mm. both teams struggled from three. That you know, like, they just weren't they weren't right. able to make a three. So that means you know when you shoot a three, you miss it. Long rebounds. It just kind of depended who was going to win on the boards. But with that, Matthew Fan, who we love to talk about like for Scottsdale Christian, he had some tough shots in the first quarter and then kind of just faded away in the game. But he was still, you know, making assists, making the right plays, playing great defense for his team. Um, yeah, a huge part of that, I thought, is number 20 price for Santan was trying to face guard him and trying to take the ball out of yes. his hands. He did a pretty good job with that. But, yeah, Fan – Fans still gonna be. I, yeah, I wish they would have made his catches a little bit more difficult. I feel like if you're True. able to get the ball out of fans' hands for the majority of the game, I'm not saying you can do it the whole game, but if you can get a good chunk of it out of the game, Scott still seems to sort of struggle a little bit when fan is not running point. The op- right, fan he runs the show. I mean, he's, he's their, guy. their guy. I think he's the heart and soul of the team. We'll get more into that. But I feel like if you were able to capitalize on that, make his t- catches a little bit more difficult and let someone else bring up the ball and then you pressure somebody else, you probably had a better chance of causing turnovers. But with that right. being said, you know, like I said, Price, he was playing so tough on defense against Fan, whoever he was switched out on. He was able to cause turnovers, you know, pick up steals, finish at the rim. And like, like, like I said, though, it was a very close game, tied at half. But to open the half, Willie Frager – what did he do, Coach? He caught a body. Man. He caught. He did something that I have never been able to do. I wish I could. Man, he threw down a nice one-handed slam in transition to open the half. And I was watching. I was actually watching at my best friend's house. And I was like, let's go. Was awesome. Yeah, I was Man, into it, Coach. Was it was a really nice dunk. But like I said, you know, a dunk at the end of the day, it's only two points. So they go up by two, and then Scottsdale comes back, runs their offense patiently, and gets what they want, you know, with fan. Another key player for Scottsdale usually was Olinger. Now, while he was quiet in this Final Four matchup, he did come up big and loud, hitting some tough shots in critical times throughout the game, especially late in the game. Right. So, like like I said, with finishing the game, it was only 34-34 to with about five minutes left, Coach, in the fourth quarter. And you're just kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, like who's actually going to win this game? You know, both teams are coming down. You know, they're making tough shots, getting to the free throw line. It was back and forth, man. It, it was, was back so and fun. forth. Scottsdale takes the lead with 41. And then, if I'm not mistaken, Demetrius Johnson drives, gets fouled, makes the layup. They go up. You know, they're up 40. It's 40 to 41. Scottsdale up. And what? Yes. Johnson makes the free throw, makes it 41 41. They foul Matthew Fan. Fan makes both free throws, putting him 43 to 41. And then Fan gets a steal. And that pretty much closed out the game and Scottsdale advanced against Santan Charter. Yeah, I mean, it was a great game. And, you know, Scottsdale, 
you guys did a really great job. I noticed this. A lot of people probably wouldn't notice stuff like this. But, you know, as a coach, when you're watching a game, you can recognize when a team is not going to shoot the three as effectively and when they're struggling. We were watching and we really noticed, Scottsdale, how you kind of sagged in and you kind of forced them to shoot the yeah. three. It really helped contain dribble drive. Went to the two-three zone for a little bit. It bothered Santan. That was a great game plan by Scottsdale. Really good. I was getting a little nervous at the end because Scottsdale had three turnovers in the last that two is correct, minutes though. with a thirty-nine to forty-one lead. But you know Scottsdale, they were able to pull it out, and and they just did a great job, man. It was a great game. So fun to watch. Well coached. Really, really great, great win there for Scottsdale. Now, moving on to the championship game. We've got Scottsdale and we've got Rancho. This was a great game. It was pretty controversial, kind of how we were talking about Pima and Sedona for the girls in the yes, 2 that's correct. But it, this is kind of interesting about Scottsdale. They came out in a pretty aggressive 2-3 zone. The kids were really active in it. Number 25, Jacob Ikre. I'm probably saying I think that Ikre, wrong. Coach. For I think the Ikre. Ikre. Okay, this kid was huge this entire game. We'll mention him again later, but man, this kid, coach, you need to to give him, buy him a a, a pizza or or a frosty or whatever it is that you do to congratulate your kids. For us, we always say, if you hold this kid to less than ten points, I'll buy you a steak dinner. Whatever you need to do, you need to give this kid a huge congratulations because this kid literally won you a state championship. Literally, coach Rancho. The, the story, Rancho, early, he was stroking threes. They were getting some things out of their pressure. I thought that Rancho's weak side rotation on their pressure was usually pretty late. If they didn't get a turnover by just trapping the ball, Scottsdale was – and, I mean, we talk about Matthew Fan. Matthew Fan is good enough to where if you just send a, a normal trap and there's no weak side rotation, they're going to pass out of it and be fine. That's what happened. Scottsdale Christian did not get great shots in the first half. They were contested, rushed, also took some deep threes. The coach for Scottsdale did an amazing job switching it up in the second quarter. We'd go from a 2-3 to a man defense. Matthew Fan is just one of my favorite he players. He is so this fun year. to watch. Matthew though, Fan. I just want you to know, Matthew Fan, we've talked on the show of who is better, you or your little brother. I'm ready to finally stand back and say you are better than your little brother. You are such a great point guard. You, you know, uh, one of the plays that he did that I thought was great is he missed a three in transition, got his own rebound and put it back. Just a great player, kind of does it all for them. I think he's the MVP of Scottsdale Christian. Scottsdale Christian opened up the second half with three really big threes. Now, here's the other thing, though. Rancho continued to hit from deep. And Scottsdale Christian went to this half-court trap just to change the pace a little bit. I love it. They had to come out of it because of Rancho's shooting. Olinger had some really nice threes. He even had a pull-up in transition that was really nice. Uh, I, was, I was thinking maybe we were going to see some 45 points in 18 minutes again, but we didn't see that. I was kind of bummed about it. Some of Scottsdale Christian, the, their sets, they have their ball handler dribbling hard to the baseline and making a pass to the weak side corner. And they really rely on the opposite side help defense and screen him. It's not easy to execute, but Scottsdale Christian does it really, really well. Uh, they, they did a couple of those sets. Rancho really started to cool off in the second half. And I really like one of Scottsdale Christian's continuity offenses. They pass to the wing. 
cut through to the opposite side wing off of a rub screen. They screen from block to block and then down screen, who is usually Olinger coming up. Kind of like a fresh new take on flex. I love it. I really like it. Scottsdale Christian went to their full court pressure with less than two minutes left and actually got some really great stuff out of it. Garrison Sherman had a huge three off a high pick and roll to make it a one-point game. They stayed in the press after that, which I was kind of surprised about. They fouled the free throw shooter. 46-43, Rancho is up with one minute left. Scottsdale Christian runs an inbound play. It looked like to get the ball to Garrison Sherman. Uh, Vargas defends him really well through some screens on the baseline, and instead the ball gets to number 25, Jacob Ikray, and he drains this three to tie the game. And I love what Rancho did. The game is on the line. You get the ball into your best player's hands. Ball screen for Vargas up at the top. He gets fouled. He hits both free throws. I love this. In, in big situations, you cannot think plays. Uh, you've got to think players, right? Think players, not players. And I think that was huge. Scottsdale Christian comes down, gets the ball with six seconds left. Number 25, Jacob E. Craig gets the ball. He gets the three in transition, double pumps, gets fouled, right? This is huge. He hit the three to tie the game, and then he gets fouled. He hits all – now, here's the thing. Before I even say this, I've got to mention Coach, this, he's right? a 55% free throw shooter. 55%. That is clutch, man. That is not good. <laughs> that is not a good percentage. And if you're if you're on the scouting team, if you pay attention to stats, if you're the opposing coach, you're kind of happy with, you know, with this situation with him going to the line. Just based Absolutely. off stats. We're not talking about players. We're talking about stats right now which I know everybody's all about analytics and don't like analytics, but I'm just saying, you know, 55% from the free throw shooter, you're pretty much flipping a coin at that point. Is he going to make it or not? And he has to shoot three, coach. It does not matter. He has to shoot three. It does not matter about percentages if you've got that clutch gene. And Jacob, number 25 from Scottsdale Christian, you got it, man. He hits all three. Scottsdale Christian wins the championship. Say what you want about the foul call, but you just can't jump at things like that in a situation yeah. like that. I thought that the story of the game was Scottsdale Christian weathering the storm with Rancho shooting. Also pair that with Scottsdale Christian and their offensive struggles in the first half. They played like a very mature team. One of the hardest things to do in basketball is to continue to defend and play hard when things are not going your way. Scottsdale Christian did a great job of this. They also completely made Rancho beat them from the outside. With all of Rancho's size and girth, it's not easy to do. Scottsdale Christian did a great job switching up defenses, keeping their kids' heads right. Congrats, Scottsdale Christian. You have reached the mountaintop again. Reyes, who you got for some of Scottsdale's most impactful players, man? So for Scottsdale Christian, I actually have four players. And the reason why I have four players as the most impactful players is because I feel like these four is what gets Scottsdale going. And they have like four leaders, you know what I'm saying? So with that, we'll start off with Garrison Sherman. With Garrison Sherman, he's, he's a actually nice a player. long, athletic wing. He's a very nice player, Coach. I like his game. He's very long, athletic. Can shoot the ball well. Uh, can handle it a little bit. You know, get gets in the lane. Finishes pretty well. After Garrison Sherman, I want to move on to um, Brandon Wales, which is their big 6'8". Something why I feel like he's most impactful, not just blocking shots and making it tough on the defense or the offense, you know what I'm saying? It's just like his footwork and – his size, like from last year to this year, you can just he's see the whole improved. different. 
so improved. It's great to see. I think he was a big step for Scottsdale this year. And then my last two, I have Olinger, and we all know about Ryan Olinger, 45 points in 18 minutes or 46 points in 18 minutes. Coach, what was that? I think it was 45 points in 18 minutes. And I'm going to ask you a question. Let's see if you can figure this out. I just saw this today, so I'm pumped about this. How many dribbles do you think Ryan Olinger took in that game where he had 45 points? Well, let's see. How many did Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson took like what eleven dribbles? I'm gonna say he took about around eleven. Let's say eleven. <laughs> he took two dribbles. Wait, two dribbles, coach? Hey, that's what I read in an article, and I'm going with it because that sounds amazing. Maybe we need to call Ryan Olinger the Clay Thompson of the two A. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. Two dribbles, 46, 45 points. That is tough in 18 minutes. That is not an easy task. That can't but the reason be right. why I feel That's like, awesome, though. That's so cool. That is really cool. And like I said, what makes him very impactful is not just the fact that he can just light it up whenever he wants. Is when he's not lighting it up, he's doing the other work, playing defense, uplifting his teammates. That's why I feel like he's really impactful for Scottsdale. Right. And then for our last player, I think we both knew who I'm going to say, and that's Matthew Fan. Matthew Fan. So, yeah. I feel like he's the heart and soul of this team. He's what gets Scottsdale going. He's a leader. I just think he does it all for them, to be honest with you, Coach. I feel like if you can take him out of the game, Scottsdale struggles. But, like, it's kind of hard. It's hard to take him out of the game, you know. Looks can be deceiving with him. He's not a really big, flashy guard, but he gets the job done. Right. And and John Anderson is the head coach for Scottsdale Christian. He's done an awesome job. I just want you to know. The first time I saw Matthew Fan when we were kind of scouting and watching Scottsdale Christian play, I heard someone say that he was their most impactful player. And I was kind of like, really? This kid? And after kind of watching more and more film on him, this kid is just so good. Look what you said. Looks can be very deceiving. He's quick. He can handle the ball. He makes great decisions. He can shoot it great. I mean, the kid is just tough, man. He's, he's a great player. Uh, also, going back to Garrison Sherman, I didn't realize he could shoot the ball as well as he, he did in these last two games against Santan. I was surprised. I was against surprised Rancho. Yeah, he, he's a great player. And it looked like John or Coach Anderson was really running some stuff for him down the stretch. So, And he can handle I saw that too. I noticed that, yes. he, He's got some nice handles, and he's a junior. Their big is also a junior. They're coming back. They're losing a lot. But, I mean, I don't know. There's still going to be a fan on the roster next year. So, I mean, maybe he can step into those shoes. That is true. And now that you bring up the fan little brother, Michael Fan, I feel like he'll be able to step into uh, Matthew Fan's shoes pretty well. Because, like, just from watching them both, they both have a similar game. It's just that, you know, one's younger. Not as experienced, but he will get that, obviously, in time. Yeah, so I, I agree with that. So, yeah, those are my most impactful players for Scottsdale Christian, I feel like. Yeah, and, and Scottsdale Christian, you know, C- Coach Anderson, they just do a great job. They're super patient. They run their stuff. Maybe not as patient as they have been, but, man, he just gets his kids the ball right where they need to be. They're effective. And, I mean, the kids are just tough and battle-tested in Santan and specifically playing against Rancho. I mean, that says a lot about a coach to be able to to keep your kids' heads right, to come out, perform like they did, and still win the championship. That was big time. Coach Anderson, congrats to you on your win. Also, 
for Paige, Coach Justin Smith, congratulations on both of your championship wins. And honestly, congratulations to all the teams on making it through the weirdest basketball season that we will hopefully ever see. Uh, if you guys enjoy the show, hop on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Also, you can check us out on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at SmallBallPodAZ. Write in and let us know how you guys made it through this crazy season because we want to know. We appreciate all of you guys tuning in and supporting Arizona Small Ball. Stay tuned for our next Coach's Corner. See you guys.